Welcome to the Yoga Teacher CEO Podcast with me, your host, yoga teacher, CEO, and business coach, Della Wheeler. Join me as we combine strategy and soul to elevate your yoga business with ease. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Yoga Teacher CEO podcast. Today is part two of my conversation with Kat and Christy. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I definitely recommend that you go back an episode, tune into that, and then come back here for this conversation. The cool thing about this part of the episode with Kat and Christy is that we dive in a little bit more into a topic around competition in the yoga world. And I thought that it was a really cathartic conversation that I think you all will really enjoy. So let's dive into part two. Let's move on to six. Yeah, the six is our loyalist. And one of the things I would say about the six as a strength is in our Western thought, we have this saying, I think, therefore I am. For six, it would be I am because we are, um, which is sort of an African sort of philosophy. I am because we are, we belong together, we need one another that that is the way of thinking for a six. They're really great at cultivating groups, at making sure other people feel welcome. So I would say any six leading a class would be great at building community and that that would be one of their gifts. On the other side, and this may seem ironic for somebody who's really great at building community, but the six has uh, sometimes this diminished sense of trust. Their deadly sin is fear, and another way of putting that might be that they don't really trust others very readily, and they struggle with trusting the world, and so on the one hand, they're so loyal, and they can trust people uh, to a fault almost at times, Um, but then they also can be very mistrustful, so it's just that type of personality. It feels a little paradoxical. On the one hand, they can really trust people. On the one, on the other hand, they struggle with trust. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, that there are certain people that we struggle with trust with, and then other people we just trust uh, to a point that it might be that we're putting them on a pedestal, right? Um, so that's the six. And the reason that that can show up as a yoga teacher, as a concern is they can either put somebody on a pedestal and trust somebody kind of blindly and follow somebody who could be kind of a cult-like leader. So that could be kind of dangerous. Or that flip side is that they could be so mistrusting that another teacher at the studio who is a great teacher and a great person, something about the fear inside of the six makes them kind of hold that person at arm's length and keep them from getting to know them and maybe even feeling the six can feel jealousy more than any other personality Um, and and just maybe cultivating a sense of distrust in a yoga studio that could be really dangerous to the very community that they're good at building. Mm -hmm. So that way, you know, and 
as I describe this, I'm, I'm talking about a six who might be in more of an average or unhealthy space. A six who is healthy, this probably wouldn't be happening. They would not be following somebody blindly and they would not be super distrustful. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, all of us, no matter how healthy we are, I can do this. I can go to kind of an average space. I can even go to an unhealthy space when I'm in a time of grief, when I'm stressed out. Um, so we all have this propensity to kind of go from healthy, average to unhealthy you know, sometimes even in the course of one day, but certainly during different seasons of life, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of the, the six. And, you know, I, I bring up the part about mistrusting other yoga teachers. And I, I think that's something we need to work on as a yoga community is really supporting one another. Um, we were talking about the competitive nature earlier with the three and the four. Um, but then the mistrust is just another part of that. I think that if, you know, we really are going to live yoga, the word yoga means to yoke, which is another way of saying to connect. And, and as we say, namaste, namaste means I, I honor you or I see you. And so if living out yoga, it means that we're seeing one another, honoring one another and connecting with one another. So that means if you're a six and there's somebody you mistrust as a teacher, go to their class three times before you dismiss them. And I guarantee that if you go to their class three times, you might start to see, oh, she is gifted. Oh, I do like this about her class. Um, and I think that that's something that we could work on in the yoga community. Is, is celebrating one another because there is there is this sort of competitive spirit that I can pick up on and sense and feel um, that I, I wish wasn't there. I, I don't think that uh, we talk about that enough as yoga teachers. Um, any thoughts that either of you have on that? I just, I'm curious. Well, y'all, I tell you, so tons of thoughts and, you know, I hope that the six types who are listening are not like, why are you picking on us? You're spending way more yeah, yeah, time yeah. on six. Yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you this much. So uh, in yoga, there is a concept of a guru and it is translated as a teacher, but it has really a way broader meaning than just somebody who teaches you. It's somebody who sort of direct, directs your life's path. And I think that could be very dangerous for a six because um, like Christy has mentioned, um, they, they, they could uh, follow that person blindly and that person may not have the best intentions or be the best person period so i uh, used to practice with a teacher and every single class she would say be your own guru be oh. your own teacher so trust you and for me it, it meant trust yourself first trust your gut trust your inner guidance trust your intuition trust your truth uh and process everything that's taught to you through that lens. So I think for a six, it's so important. 
by y'all. Let me tell you. So just the other day, um, my husband and I were watching TV. We don't watch a lot of TV and I don't even know history channel, discovery channel, something. They had a show about, uh, and not to call it out, but about Kundalini yoga in seventies that there was a a teacher who came from India and uh, he basically created a cult in New Mexico. And the whole program was about that. And there were a lot of people who um, were interviewing, um, the, the program was interviewing who got abused, mistreated, but there was one piece and it was blowing my mind. So he got his believers to trust him so much, he would tell him that they need to send their children to India to boarding Kundalini schools. And those parents would do it ages as young as one. <gasps> one y'all. And they would send them until they could come back at age 15 or 16 for Ram India boarding. Can y'all like mind blown. And again, it's not, you know, it's, I'm not saying that all those parents were six, but again, it is just to be mindful. And for all of us, don't, you know, don't be blind, use common sense, know your truth, know your values, because there are some, I would say evil people who do horrible things in the name of yoga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's, anyway but it just very good timing i'm still under like that shock and we recorded it and i was like i may watch it again just to kind of get my head wrapped around it so anywho but yeah i would say be your own guru mm -hmm. yeah i love that that's so powerful and i think also in relation to the competitiveness that you were talking about christy is um, that frustrates me so much for some reason, because it, for me, it really feels like it comes from a place of lack and mm -hmm. when you're operating from a place of abundance. You see so clearly that there's there's plenty of opportunity. There mm -hmm. are plenty of students and I mean, there's plenty of money. I mean, there's plenty of everything. Yeah. Uh, to go around for every yoga teacher, every yoga studio, um, that I cannot comprehend the competitiveness. Like it really, I just don't get it. Um, and sometimes I move into that space just on, on a personal level, like comparing myself to other teachers um, and things like that. But I sometimes just force myself to support 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 other teachers and and be so open to other studios and viewpoints and styles of yoga there is plenty to go around yeah and, and it it does mirror like what what can happen does mirror the culture around us and right now we're so polarized and the way that we think is it's either this way or that way and so if that's what's happening in our culture, we can easily start to mirror that as yoga teachers and say, well, you either teach this way or that way. It's very dualistic sort of thinking versus moving into like a non-dualistic way of thinking that says, you know what? There are many ways to teach yoga and 
need many styles. We need many Enneagram numbers, all nine numbers. And yet there's so many more than nine ways of doing things, right? Like it's, they're just, we're all made differently and we're going to teach differently. We're going to show up differently. And we do need to support one another and see one another. Um, and, and at the same time, like Kat was saying, there are people who, um, we might need to be careful of who might be sort of guru type teachers who say, you know, this is the way. And that's where our antenna might go up and go, no, again, I mean, we, we do have to think about that. But most of the time, there are these wonderful teachers in our midst who do need us to nurture them. And, um, you know, when we when we see the gifts in other teachers, we nurture those gifts in them. And when we don't disparage other teachers, some level that can be felt by them and by the whole community, and we're disparaging the whole community. And so I think it's just really important. Um, and that's <laughs> my high horse, I guess you could say. But yeah. I, I want us to be careful of not mimicking the culture around us. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, I'm glad that we went off on that little tangent. It's yeah, it's good. It's all good. Yeah. Good okay, well, let's move on then. Seven. All right. So I can talk about the seven and seven is the adventure or enthusiast. And you will have a fun experience in your yoga practice if you are taking a class from type seven teacher, because it's, it's their core. Life is um, a series of experiences and it is fun and great. And they see the, you know, the, the glass is always half full instead of half empty. And they not only feel that way, they project it. So seven is a really bright individual to be around. They're fun. They're exciting. They're spontaneous. So I would say music would be great and sequencing would be great and the whole experience would be great. And also, I think energetically, sevens have sort of a superpower to lift somebody's energy. And let's be honest, life is not always easy. And, you know, Della and I were talking before this interview and she's like, how's your, how's your day? And I was like, whoa. It's been a rough few weeks and we step that way, you know, with a lot of heavy stuff onto the mat as seven teacher would, would lift that, that weight off or lighten the load or help you shift the energy to a more positive uh, way to looking at things. So that's their gift. Um, in terms of what they need to be careful of is seven's deadly sin or shadow side is gluttony and not um, to think of it as, you know, more, 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 give me more yoga mats, give me more yoga bras. No, it's more of a gluttony of an experience. What is next? What is next? Something, you know, maybe more fun and I need to try something different. So for a seven to be mindful, to kind of be where they are for a while and nurture that and grow in that. If you're a yoga teacher, don't try to jump into getting certified as a Pilates teacher or a personal coach or dietitian and a million other things. So kind of stick with what you know and grow there and be fine with that. 
And also, um, you know, Christy talked about fours who could, you know, maybe come off a little too sad, but are able to hold space if you are sad. Seven struggle with um, negative emotions or with sadness. And we all know those emotions and sadness and, um, you know, turbulent feelings or even anger or frustration, whatever, could kind of bubble up as you practice. And sometimes you can see that with a student. So seven teacher um, should be careful with sort of either ignoring it or maybe being shocked by it or even you know trying to say here here it'll be okay and I think we all would want to say it because you know it's very uncomfortable to be in pain and especially in somebody else's pain or suffering so to kind of try to hold space and be with a student while they are in discomfort would I think grow a seven teacher tremendously. And I think all of us, I struggle with that personally, so. Yeah, yeah, just like being able to, I guess, hold space without even really having to say anything at all. Like you really don't have to say, um, it'll be okay. You could just come near them, you know, in silence or give them a a really sweet assist or something, just acknowledging Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Sevens, lucky number seven. Okay, let's move to eights. Well, as I think about strengths of an eight, um, I think that they often end up being leaders. I mean, sometimes they're even called the leader. The CEO is, is sometimes the name for the eight. The challenger is the name for an eight, but they end up being leaders in the yoga community. I mean, I even think of here in Chattanooga, um, at least we've interviewed on our podcast, two of the yoga studio owners in Chattanooga are eights. And so I think that just says a lot about the eight and how, you know, they're going to be movers and shakers in the yoga community, whether they own a yoga studio or not. Um, they're, They're often really wise, strong, articulate men and women uh, who have a lot to offer. So that would be just one of many strengths. As far as things that they might want to watch out for, because they're so strong, um, they might have a little bit of a competitive or argumentative spirit with other yoga teachers. Sometimes an eight can get energy from arguing or speaking up. Whereas for other people, that sort of their ability to speak up where it feels just very normal for the eight feels like conflict for somebody else. So other people can experience the eights who may be in more of an average or unhealthy space um, as, as being a little bit too strong. And so an eight really needs to learn to soften and, uh, and just keep their heart open to other people and not always come off as having the answers. Um, Sometimes an eight and a one can be a little bit alike in that way is to other people they come off as thinking, I have the answer on this and it's either this way or that way. Um, So the eight just needs to be careful not to be dogmatic. Mm -hmm. And, um, And if they can do that, man, they're just gonna, really be a mover and shaker like I said in the world and I've seen so many so I know. Um, yeah, I think the 
that's the main thing is not coming off as too strong. And for an eight teacher, doing heart openers would be really important. Also practicing vulnerability. Uh, I think because that's so hard, eights want to be strong and they want to be changing the world, uh, but they need to find a place where they can receive and open up in their heart and share their feelings. Um, they're very scared. Uh, of vulnerability because they see it as weakness but when they realize that vulnerability is actually their superpower man it that is an eight who is just gonna like bud and become this flower that shows the world that is just so fragrant and beautiful and uh, uh it's a challenge though for an eight to practice vulnerability and they really have to find spaces like yoga like therapy where they can work on that. And if they do, they're just going to be amazing yoga, yoga teachers and, and leaders in this, in this space, in this community. Yeah, that was awesome advice. I love that vulnerability is a superpower. Yeah. Great, great wisdom for our eights. So let's finish with nines. So we always finish with nines and, um, I, you know, I need to mention their last but never least. So our type nine is a peacemaker, a moderator. And, um, you know, a nine teacher would create just such a sense of peace and grounding and harmony and balance um during their teaching and so many of us maybe we start coming for the benefits of physical in terms of yoga practice but we stay for that sense of calm and balance and feeling peaceful internally and that is a nine teacher they they embody that embody that and they 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 would teach that way as well um something for them to be careful of is Conflict is really difficult for nines. Um, peacemaker, they just want everybody to get along and sometimes it happens. Um, I would never um, forget long, long time ago, one of my favorite teachers, she was sharing that she had a student who would come in 10 minutes late every single time. And they kind of talked about it and it was brushed off. You know, it, it wasn't, I guess, a, a, a legitimate reason why they would be, why, why they would be late. And eventually she had to um, ask that student to respect the others in class and either be on time or not come at all. It would be weird. Now, spoiler alert, the teacher is an eight. So, uh, you know, it was kind of, a natural thing for them to do would be very challenging for a nine to do, but something that they could perhaps kind of try to, to embody. Um, another thing is for the nine to be, um, uh, to be careful of is becoming a teacher, but never going through with teaching. Um, you know, it's difficult for them to kind of assert um, themselves and promote themselves and believe in themselves and know that they're, um, you know, the way they teach matters, their voice matters, their pray, their, their, their presence matters. So if, you know, you're a nine teacher, just, just kind of be careful of that and embody the energy of a three and just, just go for it. And I also think the last thing for night might be difficult is, and I think for all of us, so teaching yoga is kind of weird because we're all essentially public speaking every day. And I think statistically talking, 
as public speaking is one of the highest, most terrifying things for all of humanity, period. So having a voice and having confidence, I mean, it's, it's harder than it looks, not to toot our own horn, but it's harder than it looks. So for a nine to really like, just go for it and, and have a confident voice and, and, and remember that it's valid and it needs to be heard and it matters. So that's yeah. my thought on the nine. Yeah, it sounds like they need to just find their friend who is a three, call them up, and they can give them a pep talk. Yep. You know, kind of encourage them to step into their power and own it. Yep. Yeah. And that's right, because the threes and the eights and the sevens tend to be the ones who speak up the most, who are going to be more likely to be assertive in a situation like that where you've got a student who's chronically late um, you know and those are hard things when you have to speak to the student who's always leaving in shavasana or things like that that's something a nine is not going to want to do and so it does help to have friends who are different enneagram numbers who can encourage you to speak up if you're a nine um, yes yeah, so fine della and della yeah, just call me. I got you. <laughs> That's so awesome. What this just talking about this really reminds me how important it is to really lean into who you are and your unique gifts as a person and as a teacher or really whatever you offer to the world. Um, because we're all so uniquely different. But those things that make us different they are really beautiful and i just want people to just be themselves you know like just be cool with who you are and you're going to find your people yeah oscar wilde says be yourself everyone else is taken yes. and i love that but then the enneagram would also say yes be yourself everyone else is taken but see the beauty of all nine numbers and allow yourself to integrate the goodness of so that you can be the best version of yourself, but still be you, right? You know, so it's kind of a both and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's such a beautiful reminder. I'm so grateful for you all sharing your wisdom for all nine numbers, all the yoga teachers. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. And, you know, I think it might be the realest episode that we've ever done because we had left life happening in the background. So yeah, definitely. And yeah. we're going to own it and we're totally just going to publish it the way it is. I do that so often. Like I'll be like, I need to edit that out. I need to fix it. It needs to be perfect. And I just let it roll because we are people. And thank you for your grace. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Yes, thank you all so much. Thanks, Bella. Rock, both of you. That's it for my conversation with Kat and Christy for now. If you have more questions about your Enneagram number, I definitely recommend that you check out their podcast, Enneagram and Yoga. Also, you can follow Kat and Christy at the links um, that I'll leave in the show notes. And if you have any other requests around Enneagram for yoga teachers specifically, 
just send me a DM or send me an email. I would be happy to talk to Kat and Christy again as they truly are experts and I think that they are just really awesome. So yeah, have a great one. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Yoga Teacher CEO. If you're loving the podcast, leave a rating and review. Wanting to dive deeper? Check the show notes for additional resources for your personal and professional growth.